Welcome to Narrow Way to Broadway, a podcast for people of faith with a passion for the arts. Each episode is designed to foster community for the thespian and non-thespian and the believer and non-believer alike by navigating topics affecting the hearts, minds, and homes of artists everywhere. Thanks for joining. Hello, hello, Nairway to Broadway. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. This is a fun, unique episode because we have two guests, not one, but two special guests with us. We have Kelsey Umeko and Curtis McGann, our fun, married performer friends, um, and they are both on the call. We've had like couples on the show before, but we've done separate interviews, but we thought, let's just do it together. Um, so hey, y'all. Hey, Hey. Yeah. Yes. Okay. This is so fun. Um, this will be fun just having both of you weigh in and, and get to chat about all this good stuff. Um, so, okay. For those of our, our listeners who don't know Kelsey and Curtis, um, they're super cool. You probably just heard on the intro kind of some of the things that they've been involved in, um, how God is using them over on the West coast. Um, but okay. To start us off, I'm sure the people are wondering, you all have been married for 11 years. You have two sweet boys, seven years and 11 months, um, which I saw, I don't know how far back I had to stalk you, Kelsey, to see this video of your little baby walking. So little. Um, but I would love to just hear a little bit about your love story. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kurt and I met. It's it's actually a really funny <laughs> love story. That's why we laugh. Um <laughs> Kurt and I met in uh, 2007 in such an unconventional way, but we- It was was unconventional then. Then, yeah. Yeah. Now it's more normal. But (laughs) I basically um, saw his photos on Facebook because his friend was was asking to be my friend on Facebook. And so I was wondering who this guy was. And Uh. Kurt was in all of the photos. And I just thought, wow, this guy is super cute. And so ah. I didn't mess my friend. <laughs> and, Come then, on. and then we just like started talking. So I was living in Seattle at the time and Kurt was in Hawaii. Um, wow. And so we started talking long distance. And after about a month of long distance talking, Kurt at the good old age of 19? Yeah, I was 19. 19 said, I think you're the one I want to marry. I'll know for sure when I meet you. Yeah, we hadn't met yet at that <laughs> In person, I mean, we hadn't met in person. Yeah, so it was kind of just, um, I mean, in every way, I just am so grateful to God because Kurt is literally like, I feel like flesh of my flesh. Like, I just feel like he's just been um, such a perfect partner that God had brought into my life. Um, But yeah, so we fell in love over the course of a month of talking long distance. And when we met in person, it was, we were immediately in love and- the first, that, that the was first words, years ago, yeah, the first words in person I said to her was, yep, you're the one. Yep. No. <laughs> okay. I'm so glad I asked that question because <laughs> I, that's how you know the spirit as at work when the literal Facebook algorithm sets you up with your future spouse. Um, yeah. So thanks. Uh, thanks, Facebook. That's so sweet. Um, cool. I, I love asking just a question at the beginning to get people like, so what's going on? And this is the first time we've had a couple on the on the call together. So I cannot believe that. That's so cool. That's so much better than anything I could have imagined. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cool. And it's, it's great that just how God just works all things. Because at the time, Kurt 
Kurt was raised in a Christian household, but he had kind of turned away from God when he went went to college. So he was kind of wayward from the Lord, whereas um, I was still, you know, seeking God and seeking the Lord. And so on our very first date, we were walking by um, the college campus center and I hear the heart of worship playing and Kurt knowing that I, you know, love Jesus. He's like, oh, well, I used to like that song too. So do you want to go you know, pop in. And so we did. And wow. immediately God recaptivated Kurt's heart, like on our first date together. So we spent um, the morning at the college campus um, ministry. Wow. And yeah, I started going to so church beautiful. there every, every, I think twice a week after that. Yeah. Wow. The heart of worship is such a banger. <laughs> yeah. I, need to, I need to listen to that again. It's been, it's been a while, but that's such a good one. Um, that's so cool. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. I feel like we could make that a whole episode, but we need to move on because I have so much more. Um, okay. So one thing that we were able to kind of ch- chat about over email before the interview was um, the ministry you all are a part of called Christians in Entertainment Guild. Um, and I know you you both lead. Uh, so I would love to hear kind of a little bit more about what that, what that ministry does, how you all are involved, and what surrounding yourself kind of with other believers in entertainment has done for you as you both are full-time creatives. Yeah, so the ministry is based in LA. I think Kurt met Susie, who is the... Um... She's the one running it all. Yeah. She... Uh, I, met, I met Susie at a casting for a Christian film hmm. years ago. Um, and then connected to the CEG or Christians and Entertainment Guild email um, and really hadn't done anything with it or kind of really even thought about it until we earlier were, this year. Yeah, yeah, we were we moved back to Seattle. So we're now back in Seattle because God just um, put my dad, who doesn't know the Lord, strong on my heart with like this very vivid vision and clear like calling to come back to Seattle and share the gospel with him. So we basically just packed up and moved. But one of the things that we really um, missed about LA is that at our church in LA, there were just so many Christians in entertainment. And I think it's Mm -hmm. so important to um, one, be in fellowship, but also surrounding yourself too with people that might be going through the same um, temptations or struggles, you know, Mm -hmm. that you might be going through. And so that's something that we started actively praying for um, when we were here in Seattle this past summer. And immediately, God just hmm. highlights this email from Christians in Entertainment Guild. And we join and we um, went through this powerful study of, on the Holy Spirit. And through that study, Susie asked us if we could lead the talent portion, which um, we had already felt like God had been calling us to be encouragers of being bold in your faith on set and um and not feeling ashamed to be christian but glad to be able to share and glorify god um in being christian and Mm -hmm. being in the film industry so that's something that we were already that god was already calling us into and so um after doing the holy spirit study we basically were like I don't feel any way capable, but I know that the Holy Spirit will guide and lead us in this area. So we said yes. And in prayer, we're just like, Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us in this avenue. <laughs> and still are in and prayer with that with every every meeting, we are always praying for, for that uh, Holy Spirit to lead us because 
feel like if we were leaving on our own, it would be somewhere off in the distance. Yeah. Right. Oh, but, and isn't that how it always goes? Like all throughout scripture? <laughs> yes, yeah. totally. Totally. It's so beautiful. I was actually excited when you all said that you were doing a Holy, a Holy Spirit series because I think it's one of those things too, being raised in the church or, or you know, growing up, you know, the Holy Spirit is something you hear about all the time and it like intercedes for us and it's our comforter and our advocate. And then, but then it's so strange because in making kind of an outline for this interview, I was like, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. And then I realized like, explain explaining the Holy Spirit is like someone just like asking you to explain time in a way. It's like, Oh yeah, time. Like, Oh yeah, the Holy Spirit. But then you kind of like fall into this like weird, like crisis or like existential moment of like, wait, this is something that I, I know what it is, but it's hard to explain. Um, yeah. So I love, I love thinking about how um, in John 14, it's like Jesus is getting ready to like leave the disciples and they, they don't really understand the concept of, um, how Jesus in being with them meant that the father was in him. So with them, mm-hmm. and then he says in verse 26, but the comforter, the Holy spirit, whom the father, I will send in my name will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. Mm-hmm. And that's when it says, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you this, you know, this verse that we hear all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love to just kind of hear what specifically or what were some takeaways from this holy spirit study i think that that's so that's a i mean obviously part of the trinity and this this function of like what we were saying before the the advocate and someone who pleads another's cause that's actually like the direct translation of comforter but what what did you all learn yeah i so i like to think of um it's like the the spirit of god that and dwells in Jesus, but that also he would graciously gift us with his spirit um, in the Holy Spirit that, like you said, he would send an advocate when Jesus went away. It was better that Jesus says, it was better that I go away so that my spirit can come with you. And um, in so many ways, you see just even in the Old Testament, how God reveals himself to, spe- you know, specific people that get to um that get to um, lean into his spirit, but it's, but the Holy Spirit indwells in anyone, mm-hmm. you know, that calls God their father and puts their faith and trust in Jesus. And I think of it as like this, I think of us as a vessel. And when we empty ourselves to like our fleshly desires, our things that go against God will, God's will, and we just become this empty, we completely just empty ourselves we allow the Holy Spirit to indwell in us and and transform our hearts and and renew our minds and um, allow us to just walk in Jesus's light, you know, to yeah. be that light in darkness. I think of when I think of Jesus, like God's spirit in human is Jesus. And right. he perfectly examples what it looks like to completely empty yourself yeah. And allow God to do his good works through you and how that just fully glorifies, you know, God the Father. Yeah. And so I think that's um, one main takeaway that I learned just about the Holy Spirit study is just, um, yeah, the, the power that indwells in mm-hmm. us is the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. You know, like, yeah. I think we just think of the Holy Spirit as like this, um, this thing, you know, but it's a, it's a continual communion with the spirit. It's that same relationship that, um, 
God the Father draws us into with him. And that's the spirit, you know, that is our intercessor. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. I was actually watching this really cool. Are you all familiar with the Bible Project? Love it. (laughs) I was like, they're West Coast folk over there. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was watching this really great Bible Project video and it talks all about the Holy Spirit. And I felt so like, I don't know, so pricked pricked by the spirit through this video because it's Mm -hmm. talking about the spirit and how basically the description for the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, and you probably already like all know this through the study you all did, but this was like news to me, is that, you know, the first three times we hear about the spirit and the word is like raka is um, when the spirit is dwelling over the waters, like literally in Genesis one, mm-hmm. um, we, we see Joseph experiencing the spirit um, in the dreams of like being interpreted. And then the third time, which this was so cool for me as an artist to hear, but um, talking in Exodus about um, Bezalel, which was like this tabernacle artist who in Exodus 31, it says, um, that Bezalel was given skill and ability to know how to carry out all of the work of constructing the sanctuary and to do the work just as the Lord commanded. So he like made garments for the high priests and he built the ark and he worked with bronze and gold and silver. And I just felt so like, I just thought it was so cool. And I would love to hear what you all like can speak into this as, as artists of, you know, we have, we see like in scripture in the OT, the Holy Spirit specifically, not targeting, but specifically being utilized in like the hearts of of artists and of people who are creatives to do God's work. Um, and I think that kind of goes back to what you were saying, Kelsey, about um, that being like indwelling in us. So I don't know, like if you have any thoughts on that of the responsibility of artists as it connects to the Holy Spirit and how these aren't like separate things. But I just thought that was so cool. It's like, oh my goodness, uh, those are my people. Yeah, definitely. I think um, that especially in our art and in our work, the spirit goes before us. And mm-hmm. so when we're doing those things or stepping into roles where we we may feel that we don't at all qualify, um, you know, I feel like the the spirit will lead us in those things and be able to give us those, like, like you were saying, give us those exact directions or exact instructions on how to build or Um, how to walk through what words to say and even just emptying ourselves and allowing us to be filled with that spirit Mm -hmm. then allows us to, to reach people in a different way where as if I personally just try to go up and start talking to somebody or have a conversation with somebody um, there's probably a lot of things that I would miss, but Mm -hmm. being filled with the spirit, he allows me to, to see certain things sometimes and just, uh, whether or not I may understand it or not, to be able to pray for somebody in a way that is impactful to them, yeah. um, or to to just be a part of a group that's that's impactful, like we were talking about earlier with the Christians in entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, to Kelsey and I didn't feel qualified at all to lead that group, but having the Holy Spirit go before us, He's just kind of shown us, hey, this is what what I think you should be doing, and. Um, to be able to listen to that and to be able to hear him in that has been, I think, transformative and not just our leadership in that, but also in our in our work um, in film. Yeah, I think it's important, too, that the Holy Spirit's purpose is not to glorify our kingdom that we mm-hmm. make here. It's to glorify his kingdom 
And so I think like the giftings and the abilities and the things that his spirit works through us, it's to testify that Jesus is the son of God and that God is the one and only true God. And so those, the spirit is to glorify God's kingdom. And so I think there's, um, in the entertainment industry, it's so important to be rooted in and um, have our gaze focused on his kingdom. Because so oftentimes um, we form our own kingdom here on this world. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it hinders our ability to yield to the spirit's leading. Um, mm. So, yeah. Yeah, that's so true. It actually reminds me of, um, I know you both are passionate about equipping like performers and, and believers in the industry to be bold, kind of like you were saying earlier. And it, it reminds me of how sometimes the response to the Holy Spirit isn't – the response of others like isn't always good. And that reminds me of in Acts 2 when it's talking about um, like the Holy Spirit coming – during the Pentecost when like all these people from all different tribes and like nations are like speaking in tongues. And it says some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. And then Peter's like, it's only nine in the morning and talking about the Holy spirit in that way. And I just thought that was so interesting. Cause I think sometimes I think that if I'm being faithful to the Holy spirit, if I'm being faithful in my calling of like using my artist ministry that the response to it is always going to be good. And I don't think that's true either. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would kind of love to hear how how boldness, even if it's not received well, or even if it's not received the exact way that we, we suspect it will be, how that has been um, rewarding in the way that you all have been able to see like in your in not your earthly kingdom in in the kingdom that we know that we're going to experience after this, after this life is over. Yeah, I think you're exactly right on that. And as we see with Jesus's own walk and testimony, Mm. um, being the, you know, son of God, um, yeah, just even how he testifies before people and people's reaction, Mm -hmm. um, to him is not positive. Right. you know, <laughs> right. so I think you're exactly right on that, that um, that it's not always going to be a positive response or an accepting response. Right. One of the ways that we've seen our, our boldness um, in our faith, in our work come through and really glorify his kingdom is uh, whenever we create a film, we will always pray before uh, before we go into the day. So we'll gather the cast and the crew and we'll say a prayer to enter the day. Uh, filming. And um, by doing so, it's actually allowed other people to to come up to us afterwards and say, hey, you know what, I'm also Christian. And I've always been scared to say anything about, you know, about God on a set or anything like that. But it's it's given us the ability to have connections with other Christians in the industry and show them that, you know, it is okay to be to be bold in your faith on set. And even though some people may not like it, or it may be looked down upon um, in some circles. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. Yeah. That's actually something God has been just like, so like, so heavily weighing on my heart, which is, it's so interesting how when we pray for conviction and we pray for the Holy Spirit to intercede, it often accompanies some, some heavy burden um, because we realize the depths of like our own sin and the depravity of the world around us. And, I feel like 
one thing that the Lord has been doing is is exposing how content I have become with just people not knowing Jesus of like friends I've had for so long or people who I've known in the industry of just like being like, well, this is my thing. It's not really their thing. But then I think that I have just bought into this lie that like, A, God can't transform people's hearts. And two, that like the message of Jesus and a relationship with Jesus is for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I think that I need to be bolder in my faith because I, because I believe it. Like, it's not just a, it's not just like a, oh, this is my, this is my fun hobby thing that I do on the side. It's like, it informs everything in my life. And I think that a lot of Christians, and you guys can speak to this too, especially because I'm sure you're in community with a lot of people through CEG, but like this fear that we just, I mean, I'm not going to speak for anybody else, but just this fear that I experience too, of being like, if I am bold about my faith or if I, if I like send an episode of this podcast to someone in particular, I'm for some reason, the enemy has me convinced that like, it's going to offend somebody or that it's going to like be, um, it's going to like drive distance between us. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I would just love to hear like, you know, any, any ability of you guys being like, oh, this, you know, this was actually a really cool way for us to minister to people sep you know who maybe don't know the lord not even just people being like oh i'm a christian too and i w- and i'm glad that we have solidarity here it's like oh i'm not a christian but like thanks for praying for me or something like that yeah i think um that's so powerful what you said about just the realization yeah i think satan does plant that lie like that person will never know christ you know but right. then as we see with paul you know jesus meets Paul and he's at this point where he's just persecuting uh, Messianic Jews and and he has this radical transformation of heart and I think he goes on to write like 20 wait 23 of the New Testament books or 13 I can't remember sorry don't quote me on that (laughs) but he is just his heart is just on fire for the Lord with this um you know this radical meeting of Jesus and so I think like yeah God can draw any heart to him and, and, um, his spirit can testify that he is the one true God and that Jesus is his son. Um, but yeah, I think there have been some amazing opportunities. Um, I mean, this last year has just been horrendously heartbreaking on so many levels, but I think with, um, so many people losing loved ones to this pandemic and, And as a Christian, just coming alongside friends and in their suffering and offering them um, comfort. But also, you know, we stand with hope in this life eternal with Christ. And so I think like people like I know specifically we've had friends that have found comfort in the faith that we have. And we've been able to pour out God's comfort and his his the hope that we have in his eternal kingdom to our friends that have brought them comfort. And um, yeah, I think that's that's one way that I think like um, the hope that we have yeah. in Christ transcends to even people that may not know him, you know, because he is just so much greater. And I think when we look at who God really is, he's light, he's love. Um, mm-hmm. I think sometimes we muddy his 
his image to other people by our own sin in our life, you know, for the things that we falsely stand behind that aren't things that he stands for. And so I think um, that's also been an important reminder for me to um, really ask God to reveal and convict me, like you were Mm -hmm. saying, of the things in my own life that, um, you know, make him not look like light to the world and love to the world. Because God in his goodness is just, you know, this deep and unfathomable, most sometimes love, this deep love that he has for his creation. So, right. uh, yeah, that's so true. And I think, uh, I think that there's this weird blur, not well, sometimes blurred. I think that there is this interesting line that we tread as believers of living within the tension between you know, knowing that this is not our home and knowing that this is not like the kingdom of, of this, of this current earth is not the kingdom that God, you know, has promised us. But I also think that at least for me, and I've like observed this in other believers too, that it makes it, it makes it easy for us to like use that as an excuse to brush past or excuse things that are happening in the world right now that are not of God's character and it actually kind of reminds me, and this is kind of, this is transitioning topics a little bit, but um, I know in the wake of just these last couple of weeks with the shootings in Atlanta and in Boulder, um, Kelsey, you've been able to share some wisdom on social media and I've read it. And one thing you said um, in your, and you wrote a, you did a post and the, the picture was to my brothers and sisters who claim Christ. And You said, as Christians, we need to recognize that racism is a sin of our hearts and to ask God to reveal to us the ways in which we are sinning against him, blaspheming his name in the process. And like, that's just one of those things where I realize how, you know, that loving my brothers and sisters in Christ isn't necessarily going to feel good. And I think that like us being able to call out um, true sin. I mean, that's the sauce right there being like asking God for conviction and asking God for like rebuke for the things in our hearts that are, that are not of him. I think is a, it is a scary prayer to pray because I think that there are inevitably and consistently things that he will reveal to us. Um, so first of all, thank you for, you know, posting and, and sharing that. I know that even I who had never spoken to you in my life, like really, really admired that boldness. Um, so yeah, I kind of love to just hear maybe what prompted you being able and willing to share about just your experience. This, this episode will probably premiere like for not for a couple months, but I mean, always, this is something that we want to be discussing and, and, and talking about as like as a community of believers and as a community of artists. Yeah, I think um, it's Micah 6, 8. Um, he has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord re- require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. And I think that humbleness of heart is sometimes where we fail to um, – allow God to reveal the truths of sin. Yeah. And I think our pride sometimes blocks us from allowing ourselves to really feel like the, the, um, 
the pain, like the, just the destruction of sin. Um, and so, yeah, I do like, I did a be the bridge study, um, which was really eye opening and, um, in such a good way. And then sat with that for a while. And I've just been trying to kind of just like listen and hear and just recently, um, started praying like, God, I want, I want to be a bridge in this area. Like, please use me in this area. Like, Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me, you know, share whatever it is. And in doing so, I think um, my heart has been broken in such a way that it is like just top of mind now, um, just in in specific, the sin of racism. Yeah. And... Um, and one thing, um, too, in just being Asian American, um, I have been seeing um, specifically our community being um, the hate crimes on the rise this past year during the pandemic. Um, and when I first spoke out about it at the very beginning of the pandemic, saying that when we call it, you know, a China virus or the Kung flu or things yeah. like that, it creates this harmful stigma towards the Asian American community. And we, I mean, we were already hearing of stories of kids being bullied and told to get away from them, Corona, and all these things. And um, I think of children as being the, that category of vulnerable within a society, not having a strong voice or, you know. So I felt in that moment to say something um, about it and to just say, hey, <laughs> This is happening. It's creating a harmful stigma. And I think one of the painful things in doing so um, was that a lot of the a lot of the people that were against that statement, uh, they were actually my Caucasian Christian friends, brothers and sisters. And wow. and it just was. Um, yeah, I just that's been a wrestle is like, why do we like to tiptoe around the sin of racism? You know, like. I feel like right now people try to explain why something's not racist. Oh, it's just prejudice or, or it doesn't constitute racism. But it's like we are so quick with other sins to to say that is a sin and we are repenting. We're turning 180 degree away from it and we, we're turning towards God with this. And, and this is one sin where I feel like we tiptoe around it and try to almost make coverings for it. Like, yeah. We try to justify it, you know, as we see in the Bible, people justifying their sins all the time. But I think this is definitely one of those sins where it's like, can we not, you know, as as God's light, just agree upon the fact that God did not make his creation to um, to have this like deep hatred towards one another. As Jesus calls out, it's not, he says, it's not murder that's the sin. It's the sin of anger in your heart towards your brother, you know, and I think that people get caught up in the bigger, like the racism, but there's a deep sin of the heart underneath that racism. And Jesus isn't just saying, if you act out in this way, it, then it becomes a sin. He's saying, no, the sin is in, in your heart. Right. And so I, I, that's a prayer for myself. God revealed to me the areas in my heart where I may have um, harmful ideologies that are hurtful towards other groups of people reveal to me this break my heart for what breaks yours. And, yeah. and I think that's one thing that, um, 
yeah, I really feel like his spirit is just like leading me in. And, and, um, as we know, God's light is what casts out darkness and, and the, the sin of racism is just painful to see and painful to hear about. And it is so evil and so dark. And I think God's light is the only thing that's going to, um, bring healing in that area. But I think we have to be bold in turning away from it being, you know, against taking a bold stand against racism and not tiptoeing around it and justifying it in little ways that is actually not remaining in his truth. And against racism in all of its forms, not just the ones that stand out on the news, but in all of its forms. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it is crazy what you said earlier about how it starts with, you know, children with like these. So this, my friend told me something that literally it was the most shocking thing I've heard of. Like, I think it was in 2019. She told me this, but she was in grad school for, uh, she wants to be a counselor. And she said that a lot of their education was heavily influenced by just like childhood cognitive development. And she said that they had a year of studying child psychology and the first unit of the first semester was ages zero through seven. And then the second semester was ages seven to death because that's how influenced you are. And that's how susceptible you are to ideologies and ideas and, and stigmas and things you absorb so much from like ages zero to seven and that kind of reminded me of what you said of how this, it really does start when you're so young. And it reminds me of also in that same um, uh, thing that you shared online, Kelsey, was you quoted in John when it talks about fruit and how a bad tree cannot, like a rotten tree cannot produce good fruit. And I think that we we need to admit that we we are like really rotten trees. That like just because we're Christians doesn't mean that like it eliminates us from being like internalizing the things that result in this kind of behavior. Um, and I think that that's, that's where the humility comes in of like, whoa, I'm a, I'm a part of this. And, and also I think that there is so much ministry. Um, I mean, I think that you can see Jesus, Jesus literally was the the picture of humility of, um, I think some of the most incredible ministry that God has at least like enabled me to be a part of is when I get the chance to apologize to a non-believer for some for something I did, for something I said, for a way in which I hurt them, for, you know, stepping on their toe in a rehearsal or for saying something that like was insensitive. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I am so, I am so sorry. And I think that we have such um like an aversion to that because it requires us to admit that maybe we don't know everything and maybe we have, you know, crazy it's possible that we're wrong um and I think and this well this kind of goes into another thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about um with the Atlanta shooter in particular um but how it is hard when things are done like in the name of Christianity and this this is sort of what happened with um I think his name was Robert Long he he was like really active in his church. And and now the question is like, how did the evangelical way contribute to these acts of violence? Um, 
gosh. And that is weighing so heavy on my heart. So I didn't know if that had been something that you all had been discussing or learning about um, just in this particular instance. But I was just like so shocked at that because in my mind, I'm like, dude, if you're a Christian and you have the Holy Spirit, this is like my flesh speaking, but like, I don't, you know, I don't know what's going on in this man's heart, but I'm like, if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, like simply put, how in the world could you be capable or how in the world could this happen? Um, so yeah, I didn't know if that had been something that was on, I mean, I'm sure it's on your hearts, but just the relation to Christianity, I'm like, dang, another one who is claiming to do these things for like the good of humanity. It's so, it's so sad. Yeah, I think um, that's why it's so important, I think, to yield to his spirit. Um, Also, I think like we know Satan is so uh, deceptive Mm -hmm. and he can deceive us to believe that what we are doing is good when really it is bad. So I think it's so important to check your thoughts always against God's word of truth. And in that we would find that no, (laughs) this isn't the Spirit's doing. That was one um, impactful, impactful piece that it's Galatians uh, 5.22 that was brought up in that Holy Spirit study, but it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Um, and in that, it's like checking my own flesh desires against what the Spirit in me would be doing. You know, the fruits of the Spirit, like like um, a good tree bears good fruit. That's being attached to Him, to Christ. We would bear good fruit. Yeah. Um, but if you bear bad fruit, that's not from a good vine. That's not from Jesus. And right. I liked the church's statement that he was a part of. They came out and they completely condemned his actions. And they said the sin desire, the sinful desire of his heart is what was behind these evil acts. Right. He had um, sexual temptation and that's Mm -hmm. why he was trying to alleviate those temptations. But really the sin lies within his own heart of, um, yeah. And so, you know, he, the, yeah, the church's statement actually was super um, bold and, and condemning of what he did and saying yeah. it was not anything that they believe or anything that they even teach on. And, and so I think it is important to realize that, like, um, that we just have to be so, um, I think of the armor of God, putting that on daily and protecting ourselves from Satan's deceit. Because, you know, as it's put in the Bible, the the devil is like a lion waiting to prowl. You know, right. when you watch those nature channel shows, <laughs> right. that lion, like, that's that's a very uh, descript um, picture that you get of. And without enemy. getting, yeah, and without getting too far into like spiritual warfare and all that, the enemy will definitely use and try to use things that will turn people away from God and away from right. Christianity um, yeah. in those deceptions. So by using someone who was active in the church, yeah. um, but was was obviously not protecting himself against the the plots of the enemy, you know, and the plots of the devil, um, he can use that to to then twist things and mm-hmm. you know add little bits of truth and then twist those things. So that way they're seen very differently. Yeah. 
That's so true. I even think about how this, this, you know, conversation has turned even from like the sin of racism to now people are in this like cultural religious war about um, like how purity culture like impacted his decision to like act out these acts of violence. And I was just so like, I don't know if you've read any of the articles, but there was one in the Washington Post and then there was one in the New York Times. And the one in the New York Times, it's just entitled Atlanta Suspects Fixation on Sex is Familiar Thorn for Evangelicals. And this journalist just talks about like, ugh, it was so hard for me to read because she's just talking about how like this, like the Christian sexual ethic like encourages, like essentially encourages repression and how like earlier in the the like the months leading up to the shootings like there had been a sermon preached on the Matthew passage that's like if you're tempted by your hand cut it off if you're tempted by your eyeball gouge it out and i was just like blown away i was like this really is what people think of like christianity like they really believe that these things and this way like the way that jesus like prescribed is leading to these kinds of things. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like this is such a perverted, like you said, Curtis, like this is such a twisted, perverted thing. And now, and now the narrative is changed. Now this is a debate about like the harmful effects of purity culture and evangelicalism. And I'm like, wait, we're kind of missing, like, I think there's probably like something to be discussed there and an aspect of like, yeah, let's, you know, I could talk all day about like, you know, how the church talks about sex and sexuality and, you know, we can all do that. But is I'm like, gosh, is, is, are we getting away from the point here? Um, that's kind of a side tangent, but feel free to jump in. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's kind of like the, um, an aspect we're doing a study right now on spiritual warfare. Yeah. And that's been just so impactful and so eye opening. you know, the lies that Satan even tells us that Mm -hmm. I think, and that, you know, I feel like in so many ways, at least for me going to church, um, I never really understood the power of the Holy Spirit and what that means that the Holy Spirit indwells in us. And as we know, that spirit was able to, you know, tell the devil in the desert away from me, Satan, you know, it has the, we have the victory and the authority through not our flesh, but through the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome those temptations Mm -hmm. and that sin. And I think, um, I think in so many ways, when we don't lean into the Holy Spirit um, to overcome that, those things, it might look like what you see, you know, the flesh just acting out of the flesh and trying to um, get rid of things. And it's not, I don't know. I just think there's something that is um, missing in a lot of believers when, um, when we don't access the power of the Holy Spirit that indwells in us. Yeah. You know, we try and do things out of our own flesh, which, yeah, he doesn't equip us out of our own flesh. He equips us with his spirit in us. So it's so powerful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think one of the most like freeing realizations I have had as a believer is that like, I am not innately good. That like, yeah. It kind of gave me freedom to be like, oh, wait, this desire that I have, just because I have this desire, doesn't like that doesn't indicate goodness. Um, and now I'm like, okay, now I'm fighting. Like now, now I get to like strap up 
with the armor of God. And like, there's a, there is, there is warfare. There is battles to be fought. Yeah. Um, and I love like our sword against the enemy is God's word of truth. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's just, that's so key um, in so many things that we go through. And I think to his spirit is so gracious in that when we ask sometimes to be like reveal, reveal your truth in this scenario, it's so many times found in scripture, almost always for me at least found in scripture, um, his word of truth. And so it's just so important. Yeah. Do you, this was so great. First of all, thank you all so much for being here. Um, (laughs) just, do you both feel like there are ways in which you have been able to cultivate a stronger relationship with the Holy Spirit that like is something maybe that you do on the daily, maybe like how you read scripture or when you read scripture or time in like silence and solitude. I know that that's like a big one that people talk about of like spending time alone with God of, you know, like what are tangible ways in which, you know, maybe people being like, well, I know I have the Holy Spirit inside me because I know like I'm saved, but sometimes I feel like I don't have like a tuning in to what the Spirit is trying to say to me. So are there any things that you both have found of like, okay, this is this is how I tune in? One of the things for me has been, um, I don't necessarily want to say like an accountability partner, but somebody who who I can pray with and who I lean into. And obviously, I, Kelsey and I lean into each other, but um, outside of that, I have somebody who is who is stronger and more knowledgeable in the Holy Spirit and in the Bible than I am. So in a, a mentor, in a sense, um, yeah. to be able to pray with and to be able to lean into and ask questions and and bounce things off of um, and all while referring back to to the Bible, making sure all the things that we're saying are grounded in his word. Right. Um, so doing that has been extremely helpful, as well as, you know, studying the Holy Spirit and studying in Scripture, the Holy Spirit and um in books outside of outside of the Bible that talk about the Holy Spirit has definitely helped me to be able to understand as well as as grasp where I am and how to get to um, where He's leading me. Yeah, I think of like any close relationship that you have. How often are you talking to that person? Mm-hmm. Like, how often are you sharing details of your life or go or if you have a mentor even how often are you going to them for advice over an area of your life right. and i think um that intimacy is what the holy spirit wants with us he wants to commune daily with us so to just bring him in into every area of your life just you know um sit with yeah sit with him talk with him like like I think of um, one great area is just that how I was talking to you about like fruits of the spirit. So if spirits, if the spirit of anger or or um, impatience pops up, mm-hmm. to immediately just like Holy Spirit, please take captive this um, spirit of anger and just replace it with your spirit of um, gentleness with patience. So. Um, in parenting, I get to uh, yield to the mm-hmm. spirit often, and I feel like that is the discipline of a walking with the spirit is just constantly um, asking the spirit for help, and he's our great helper. Um, and to, um, yeah, just 
just having a relationship with him, I feel like is is one way to just draw into like that intimacy. Another thing that Kurt and I started doing, which I've just loved is just at nighttime, just sitting and saying, Holy Spirit, place people on our hearts that we can be praying for right now. And it's just amazing just like who the Holy Spirit reveals and specifically what to be praying. It's just, that has been just amazing to just um, be able to be a part of that with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, Sorry, Kelsey's talking about the um, just speaking with the Holy Spirit and praying, you know, throughout the day. I think one of the things that I forgot to mention is that one of the things that's really brought me a lot closer to the Holy Spirit as well is understanding that going to prayer and everything. Mm -hmm. So even the decisions where it seems like, okay, this is an obvious choice um, to just go to prayer and allow the spirit to lead and allow God to lead in, in every one of those decisions, because once that becomes the practice and once that becomes your, your second nature, it's so much easier to lean into the spirit and to, to be able to hear the spirit's uh, soft voice or his whispering. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. That's so good. Uh, you guys, <laughs> this is so good. I feel so encouraged. Um, yeah. Well, okay. So before we pop off, um, is there any way that like would be the best for our listeners to kind of keep up with you all and um, know what projects you're working on? I know we didn't really even talk about this, but I know you all are both, you know, you're actors, but you're also creatives and um, you probably have some projects that you're working on. Is there any way that people can be kind of staying up to date um, with what you're up to? I mostly use my Instagram account as like my um, – it's almost just like my film resume in picture video form. <laughs> like that's kind of what my Instagram account has has typically been. And okay. so usually that's where I'll post stuff that I'm working on or projects that I'm part of. Same. I use Instagram as well, but I kind of stopped posting on Instagram and I'll just do stuff on the story. <laughs> mm-hmm. and- so if you don't see it, you don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's awesome. Okay. Well, thank you two so much uh, for being here. We appreciate you so much. Um, and we will hopefully be able to keep up with you soon. Thank, thank you. you so much. It was great to have this conversation with mm-hmm. you. So thank you so much. Yeah, God bless. Of course. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Narrow Way to Broadway podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe. We release new episodes the first and third Monday of the month. For more information on what we're up to, follow us on Instagram at InwayBWay.